Welcome into another week of the MLS Bench Podcast. We're back for episode two. Andres and Matt join me as always. I am Joey. And we'll jump right into it because we got a jam-packed pod. We got some injuries to touch on. And we will finish up our previews on the Eastern Conference. Might even touch on the West a little bit at the end of the pod. But we will start with uh, kind of a cause and effect uh, little situation that went down earlier this week in MLS. San Jose Earthquakes. Center back Nathan, uh, I believe new signing last year for the Quakes. Unfortunately for him, uh, injured out for the year, um, which which has just got to hurt, tearing his ACL in preseason. Um, and that, that just is not fun. And, you know, the, the road back has to be so long. But then the Quakes made a quick move, you know, trading for Jonathan Mensa from the crew. Uh, Mensa will now be a Quakes center back for the upcoming season. So, gentlemen, how are we doing? What do we think about this move? Andres, I'll start with you. The implications of Nathan going down with his ACL and then Mensa coming in to replace him for the San Jose Earthquakes. I think even even with Mensa being added to Nathan, I think center back is one of those areas that um, you're a little bit doubtful with uh, with the Quakes. we're, we're going to touch on them when we get into the West a little bit, but you, you'd have to say you probably feel pretty good about what they have going forward with their with their front pieces, that front six, um, and just putting together a cohesive, uh, consistent game plan and working on that on that back four um, was probably one of the, the taller tasks for for Lucci and, you know, having a, a player like Nathan, um, which I think jury's out on whether he's a starting caliber uh, MLS center back, but definitely is is at the very minimum a, a good good piece to have. Um, so losing him hurts, um, and I'm surprised that you know Columbus was willing to to part ways with what was you know a strong candidate for defense, defensive player of the year a couple of years ago um, for not that much game, and he was their team captain. So all in all, unfortunate for San Jose, but I think it's a good move uh, to bring in a veteran uh center back at you know that maybe he's on the wrong side of 30 well he is on the wrong side of 30 maybe on the wrong side of his of his peak uh but still knows the league very well and is still uh, a super solid player so uh it's a it's a good move by san jose to recover from what might not be a you know a great start yeah absolutely like uh, there's been a handful of center back injuries that I think we're probably going to be discussing in this early section that uh, are, are going to be tough to replace and Nathan going down. He was uh, a, a pretty solid defender just in a really, really somewhat ridiculous system, depending on who you ask. Um, and it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Mensa comes into San Jose and, and really can kind of help bolster some of that backline stuff. Um, the one thing that I'm trying to remember, and help me out here, guys, uh, when we think about what Lucci did in Dallas for the couple of years that he was there, the entire time he always had Matt Hedges as that veteran uh, impact player on the back line. So I think that really bringing in somebody with Mince's, um profile makes a ton of sense. I think really, really smart business on on the part of uh, San Jose, and now it, I, I think Columbus is going to have to 
go ahead and find somebody else. I Nancy used to, or in Montreal last year, played with the back three. So I think that they're only four deep, maybe, right now, without having to start look at bringing up some youth. So it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of waves caused or based off of this. Uh, and it's definitely going to be something that San Jose is going to have to, or that Columbus is going to have to deal with now with, with the loss of, I believe, their captain. So, Yeah, yeah, captain, leader. This kind of center back shuffle kind of seems to be occurring right now with those injuries that, and more that we're going to touch on in the next few minutes. And Andres, you mentioned a team that uh, going forward, at least on paper, is pretty solid. You know, uh, Jeremy Obobese, we're talking about how good he is, right? Jamiro Montero, Cade Cowell is still only 19 years old. Espinoza on the wing like there is legit you know um a legit system to be excited about uh in San Jose going forward we we just said they have to clean up that defense and for a guy in Nathan you know from the San Jose press release a guy who joined in June 2021 46 appearances every single one of them a start scored five goals started basically every game last year um we're talking about a guy who has been so solid for this team recently and a guy who you looked at what their team profile was, looked at, you know, those areas of weakness, mainly the defense and said, this is a guy that we can, that it's a known quantity, someone who not build around, but someone who we know can slot in and play the role. Uh, now losing him, having to bring in Mensa, you know, it, it's, there's a bit of a give and take there. Cause I think Jonathan Mensa is going to be really good. But I think you would have preferred to just have Nathan and not have to deal with having to trade for Mensa, giving up Gam, you know, and all the fallout that's going to have to occur from this, having to teach him a new system with Lucci in there, too. Um, Unfortunate, you know, first of all, for Nathan, though, uh, and having to miss the entire year, such a a tedious injury to rehab from, got a feel for him. I think that can kind of, you know, parlay us right into our next conversation, which is a center back injury also a season-ending injury, and one that has not quite been addressed yet by the front office. Courtney Ford from Matt, your sport in Kansas City, also going down, unfortunately. Um, He will miss the 2023 season with a ruptured Achilles tendon, the same injury that got Miles Robinson earlier in in last season. Unfortunately for sport in Kansas City, they lose Ford, and it doesn't look, at least as of now, that they have interest or have signed any particular center back yet to replace Courtney Ford. So Matt, I'll start with you because this is your team. What do you think is Sporting KC's next steps from here, given the fact that they're basically out of center back? Yeah, they're going to need to go ahead and try to find somebody while this primary window is still open. Um, So looking at the last couple of years, it's been Andre Fontas and uh, Nicolas Isamat Marine. EC is now gone, I believe, back to either Belgium or France. Um, and so you start to look at the depth chart. Uh, we have Andre Fontas. We have uh, Robert Volader. And then Chris Rindov, who is the uh, early, or I think first round draft pick uh, from the MLS Super Draft. That's thin. Fontas has an injury history. Volader did not show that he was really living up to that U22 tag quite yet. There's still a lot of questions. And and the fact of the matter is, while Kansas City has a ton of weapons going forward that we've talked about a little bit already, you know, Polito is back. 
Agata had a, an incredible season. Uh, we're going to get Gatikinda back eventually, unless there's, you know, some financial maneuvers taken. Um, and then two very, very solid wingers in Shallowy and Russell. There's depth going forward. Kansas City has not been able to stop goals for the last three years. So it's, it's a pretty massive hole to fill. Uh, and could not have happened to like a better person to my, my heart absolutely goes out to Courtney Ford. He's always seemed like a, a very, very sweet person. So they've got to find somebody to, to partner Fontas on that back line very, very quickly. Yeah. As always, you think about the player first um, and Courtney Ford's a guy who I, I as supporting a cause is been a good guy in the community. So you, you feel for him. And then as you know, from the team, you know, earlier I, I, I mentioned, uh, and that news from Courtney Ford came through last Friday. Uh, a few hours before that in my inbox comes that uh, Sporting KC signed uh, the 37th pick in the Super Draft, Chris Rindov. So I think it was pretty clear that, you know, they felt that at least in the short term, they had to get in that Super Draft pick because they were just really, really short. And you can't come into any season, you know, regardless of the quality of the center back, with only two or three center backs on your roster. So Rindoff now signed. I don't know if he's going to see you know significant minutes. Because even last year, Volader was a starter for quite a few games. So I think the, the question is, is he of the quality that they want to start every single game? Because without Courtney Ford, it kind of forces their hand in the current configuration. Andres, uh, thoughts on this situation? Um, SKC really either need to sign a defender or show significant improvement from what they did last year. No, I think you guys already hit it um, pretty much on the head. Sporting is one of those teams that I'm really, or have was and, and still am to a certain point, uh, interested and excited to see what they do. Um, assuming that, you know, and maybe it's a big assumption that Polito is back and healthy uh, for the full season, that you get Kinda back at some point. Because um, they already made, I think, their two big moves with Eric Tommy. And Willie Agata. And, and you know, you, you put that team together with Shallowy and Russell, with, with those group of guys, and that's pretty potent. And, of course, the big question mark, as it has even even when sporting's been good, has been the back line, specifically center back. Um, and you were hoping that this year was Courtney Ford's uh, breakout year to stay healthy, to start, and to be a major contributor. Um, unfortunately, it's not going to happen. So, absolutely, with you guys, they need to make a move. Uh, Fontas, Volodair, um, just not enough depth or quality at this point um, for a for a potentially good team in the West. So with you guys, they we'll see what they do, but it seems pretty clear that's a big roster hole that they need to fill at some point in the first couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, feel for the 27-year-old forward, feel... Uh, for SKC as they have to now kind of embark on this challenge and uh, not one that they were expecting, not one that they are necessarily in the right position to solve this close to the season. Uh, We'll see what happens. Now we can kind of uh, switch gears, go back to kind of our previews that we were doing last week. We jam-packed it last week. A lot of the Eastern Conference teams, a lot of the top teams from last year's finish and kind of what we're projecting to be, you know, the, the good teams this year in the East. We can kind of uh, switch our focus now to the teams that either last year weren't that great and may may stay that way and might need some pretty drastic improvements to get to where they want to be. I don't think that there's a better place to start 
um, than a team that was good last year in Cincinnati, now looking to make that next jump, not first round of the playoffs or second round of the playoffs, a team that you know wants to use those great pieces that they have and make a run for MLS Cup. Matt, I'll start with you. Last season, it was Brandon Vasquez. It was Lucho Acosta, two absolute stars in this league and a supporting cast with Brenner, with you know a solid defense, Celentano coming up massive uh, with his young age. Um, now, this year, we know what they are. What's the improvement that you think that they can make? And do you think that this can be a team that can challenge for the Eastern Conference and for MLS Cup? Truthfully, I think they're going to be even better this year. Uh, and the only things... So let's start with the positives. Um, I think that letting Jeff Cameron go is actually going to go ahead and give more minutes to Ian Murphy and a couple of the other younger players uh, along probably that back three that Pat Noonan seemed to like uh, for the majority of last season. A full season with Matt Miazga, I think, is going to show very, very well, um, assuming he, again, continues to make those strides. Uh, The biggest improvement over last year... I think is specifically going to come from that right wing back spot. Um, they just, I believe, yesterday signed Santiago Arias, who was a Colombian national team player, a, a really, really high quality wing back before injuries just kind of derailed his career a little bit. Um, I believe he's still in his early 30s. Uh, this is somebody who, if he can get close to that peak, is a potential best 11 player in major league soccer. Uh, and I think that that's going to really be up to, to Pat Nooning to really, really force him to, to, to get to that level. And I think truthfully, the idea of, of Arias whipping balls in for Brenner or Vasquez to run onto, or Sergio Santos, like there's just a lot to be really, really excited about there. Um, the one thing that I will say they are just going to have to make sure that they handle well is how is Brenner going to deal with the fact that the transfer possibilities did not come all the way through. Um, that's going to be up to, to Pat man or Pat Noonan to handle the man management and to just make sure that he's staying committed to this, uh, this whole project that Cincinnati's starting to build. And I think that, Getting that growth, Brenner's still at a really good age to to really have this lesson learned. I think if he can take it as inspiration to make such good on or so much on his talent this year early in the season, I think that we could potentially see him going somewhere in Europe in the summer. Yeah, um, I'm I'm super excited to see because and you mentioned the Jeff Cameron thing. I want to see like these young players come in and see what they can do. You know, the, the loan for, for Yerson Mascara from Wolves, center back, right? Uh, we'll see what he can do. He's 21 years old. Um, and obviously partnering with someone like Matt Miazga, who's solid as ever. We talked about it coming into last year. What well, was going to be the key for them? It was going to be shore up defensively and find a goal scorer. And they did both. They found a good goalkeeper, which they had kind of been, kind of been eluding them for a bunch of years. Now, again, what's next? And I think for what's next you have to rely on those guys that majorly performed last year guys who were double digit goals double digit assist you know um brandon vasquez luciano acosta and then the supporting cast already fell into place and now it's just a, a process of building and growing with like we said pat noonan a great coach you know chris albright a great gm um with success in this league in the past so we'll see what they can do andres 
Uh, any thoughts on Cincinnati? Is we uh, for them? I think probably the most exciting team and the highest ceiling of any team we're going to touch on today. Yeah, and I think also probably the widest variance of possible outcomes for their season. Because I think you guys, you guys are spot on in terms of what what they can bring talent wise, right? And we saw it last year uh, with with all the names you guys mentioned, and we haven't mentioned Alvaro Barrial, who was uh, really, really good on the left side. Um, especially the second half of last year, uh, I, I I have kind of the same worry. Is okay, Brenner is he mentally uh, ready for another season of MLS, knowing he was so close to a Premier League move, um, and knowing that his his plan originally was eighteen to twenty four months and move on. Um, second, Lucho Acosta has been a little bit of a enigmatic type of player you know one incredibly good season and then you know maybe not one not great not so motivated type of season brandon vasquez can he double up on what was really a breakout season the same with barrio uh but the talent is there right you guys mentioned miazga you guys mentioned the, the loan for muscara and also wobodo as a as a dp in the middle pat noonan showing he's a good coach chris albright super uh, experienced in the league so all the pieces are there for this to be a super successful season um and i think it's on pat noonan here uh to make sure that that team is motivated in the right mindset and, and playing as one because they could have a potentially really special season yeah it's just how well can it come together because again they won that first round playoff game they were close at philadelphia um Leon Flock kind of killed him, and we saw how good that Philadelphia team was. And so, you know, to only lose 1-0 in Philly, that's a task in and of itself. And they were the team that, honestly, as a Philadelphia fan, you know, threatened us the most all season. Um, and so they are a very difficult out for any single team. What can they do uh, given, you know, a full year of all these pieces, not needing to, you know, coalesce at all during the regular season? Uh, uh-uh, they are here and they are here to stay. Um, but you are right; that variance does exist because if those supporting cast pieces don't show up or showed maybe you know a, a lesser side of themselves that maybe they showed in previous seasons, we could be back to square one for Cincinnati. Um, hoping that it's not because I do like Pat Noon and Chris Albright and I like what they're building there. Uh, as long as it doesn't threaten my union, we're all good. Um, we can kind of move to the teams now. Uh, that's the last team that we uh, didn't touch on that was a playoff team last year in the East. Touched on Columbus last week with Wil- Wilfred Nance. Um We can hit Charlotte now. Charlotte, a team that, uh, first of all, we want to send from this pod to everyone in the Charlotte community and everyone in the MLS community, our condolences to Anton Walks. Uh, tragically died this offseason. A player who, loved by all, um, you've probably seen the heartfelt tributes, uh, I think it's impossible to talk about Charlotte this season without thinking of Anton and his, you know, impact with Atlanta and then with Charlotte. Uh, so our hearts absolutely go out to Anton and all of his friends and family, um, the Charlotte FC community, Atlanta community, everyone who's uh, felt uh, uh, impacted by his death and, you know, every everyone who needs kind of support. We hope that they get it in this time. Um and so we definitely wanted to say that and send that out to everyone who's, you know, feeling grief um, because it is such it's just such a terrible, terrible situation. Um, as it pertains to the Charlotte FC on the field this year, it's 
I hope, going to be better than last year because there were times where it looked like it might have come together. They had a, a three-game winning streak towards the end of the season when they they were you know kind of holding on hope for the playoffs. Didn't quite happen for them. I, I don't think that they were in it by the time the final the, fi- the final game uh, you know decision day came around. But they had that three-game winning streak against NYCFC, against Chicago, and against Philadelphia at home. I was there when Philadelphia got shellacked by Charlotte. They looked better towards the end of the season. They bring back Swiderski. They bring back Josviak for another season. Bring in Ashley Westwood and, and Copetti from Argentina. You know, new pieces. What can they be? Matt, what do you think that this team can be? Do you think that they're a playoff team? Because I think that has to be the aspiration this year. And I think anything short of that is going to come up across a little bit as a failure for this team. I think it's it's just really, really tough because so much of the East is very, very solid. Um, the the bright side is you get a full year under uh, Latanzio, who showed that he can keep his team playing on a play or on a playoff pace regularly. Uh, you can absolutely expect that you're going to see steps forward from Nuno Santos. Uh, you can absolutely expect that uh, Swiderski is going to be coming in into that kind of second striker role under Enzo Copetti, who I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was a, a club record signing out of Argentina. This team should be better because to everything that I see, all of the pieces seem to be taking steps forward. Um, so then it, it really comes down to what what happens on the back line because, again, MLS is one of those leagues where you can have all the attacking talent in the world and then, you know, uh, somebody come out of college for, for your back line. It's, it's just, it's a very, very top-heavy league. Um, so I, I'm looking towards Carujo. I'm looking towards Melanda and seeing what they can do. And I'm, I'm really, really excited about uh, Allison Melanda. I think that every, every report that I have seen come out of the Charlotte area and out of the league office has been, oh, Melanda's the real deal. So uh, I think if those high-level signings hit, this team is absolutely going to be in that that hunt for that sixth, seventh place, or however many teams get into the playoffs anymore. It's it's hard to remember. Yeah, I think I think we're still at seven. Um, but no, what you're talking about with Capetti is absolutely absolutely correct. Right, last year the the focus was on Swiderski. What can this guy do? But at so much so much of the time, it was him and him alone. Um, trying to get the ball into him, the lone striker couldn't always do much. Uh. Daniel Rios put on a bit of a show, especially versus Philadelphia with a four-goal performance when they won 4-0. Um, he's off to Chivas now, but replaced by, like you said, $6.1 million signing, I believe. Enzo Capetti from Racing Club in Argentina. Massive profile signing for them. They're going to need him to show up. And then you have guys like Shin Yashiki coming off the bench, who they kept after they traded uh, with Colorado for him last year. And you sign Ashley Westwood. Uh, right from England, uh, and you have Joe Zriak again. You have guys like Brant Bronico, um, Chris Hagart coming back in the midfield. Right, I, I'd say the team probably a little bit improved from the team that took the field last year, but you know, for large stretches of last year, they did look a little bit lost. I think it's going to be absolutely imperative, imperative that Latanzio can get them working as a unit because um, if they don't work together. That's when I think the problems are gonna. That's when the problems are gonna come. Um, Andres, what do you think about this team? And I think can you touch a little bit on that that talent versus 
team chemistry because I think that's going to be the make or break this year for Charlotte. They're talented enough. Can they play together? Yeah, I think I'm not as high on Charlotte as you guys are. Um, I think I felt like they overperformed a bit their talent last year. Um, I kept waiting for for the bottom to fall out, uh, and it never really did. They they stayed in it all the way basically to the second to last weekend, uh, which I think I think is a testament to what Latanzio did. with that squad the second half of the year. And I think Swiderski in that kind of underneath role was really, really good. Um, you know, with Capetti coming in, he, he had a very, very good season last year in Argentina with, with wrestling. But that was really his first real, you know, chance to show uh, to show his, his talent. So the track record isn't super long. Melanda, like, like Matt, um, everything's been positive reviews but he's 21 hasn't played a ton of first team soccer um and and just the overall amount of in-league talent isn't super high um so they're relying on these guys coming in and and making a big impact so i think for me they have a they have a uphill climb to be a a, a playoff team i think the fact that most of the team comes back and the tanzu gets a full year helps uh but it's a team that I'd have to start the year thinking they're on the outside looking in. I think that's totally fair. I also do want to make another shout to the MLS Super Draft. Uh, how many Giop was I? Somebody who I believe Charlotte actually traded up to get. I think with the second pick, if I'm remembering right, first or second. Uh, and everything that I've heard has been that he's the real deal. So another one to keep an eye on, especially if you're interested in keeping an eye on the links between college soccer and major league soccer. Yeah. And I think additionally with, you know, what we saw that what they did last year with Ben Bender, you know, macro macro view before we move on Charlotte's pathway of youth development is going to be interesting, right? They already have uh, Brian Romero coming through, but he seems to be like the only youngster from the uh, Academy that's coming through. They're starting out their MLS next pro team. I actually know uh, the president of their MLS next pro team. Um, We'll see what they're able to do. Uh, But for them, it seems like they've really leaned heavily on the uh, super draft for the first couple years. I guess we'll see if they can keep hitting because without a shadow of a doubt, Ben Bender was a great pick for them last year and what was a help was a help in, you know, moving them along uh, last year, provided some of those early sparks that were that were fun to watch. Um, So, you know, what can they do with, you know, their pick this year? We, we, we shall see. Um, we can move on. Uh, Charlotte, a fun team to talk about because there is that level of the unknown. Um, and, and that's kind of what we love this time of year. We can go to a team that we know a little bit more about in the New England Revolution, a team that struggled uh, last year um, unexpectedly, a team that was Supporter Shield winners, record breaker in points. Then they kind of dropped off a little bit, uh, finishing 10th, didn't make the playoffs. But they still have Carlos Heel. They still have Gustavo Bo, Giancomo Vrioni. Um, what can they do with those players? Dylan Barrero, Matt, I, I remember last year you were at times high on this team, do you think that they can put it together for the entire season like they did in 2021 and hopefully get back to the playoffs? Yeah, my, my uh, Barrero stock definitely came back to, to bite me in the rear. Uh, I, I don't even know if he's going to be a starter this season for them, unfortunately, but I think that 
this is a team that is going to rely a lot or is just going to be very, very dependent on the health of some of their big name players. And it's, it's specifically Carlos Hill. Um, and I, the, everything that I've seen is positive, but again, I, I think he's 32 or something, 30, 30 years old. Um, there are questions there. Uh, the bright side is that you now have a full season with Georgi Petrovic in goal. Uh, they made a, Kind of surprising move to me in going out and getting Dave Romney from Nashville, who is somebody that I believe Bruce Arena is pretty familiar with from his time with the Galaxy, uh, and I think will really, really help bolster that back line. Um, they had John Bell, who went to uh, St. Louis, that is, I think, really the only loss along the back line. Um, so then we're starting to look at, is Vrioni legit? And last season, the answer was no. Can they turn that around? Um, I'm, I'm. This is definitely the team that I'm like. I, I just, I need to see it before I'm willing to say that they'll be good. Good. Uh, I do love the signing of Latif Blessing. I think he's just. I, I love Latif for a lot of reasons. I think he's a great player, uh, and he's just so entertaining to watch. He also gives New England something that they did not have the last couple seasons, which is somebody who's actually mobile in the midfield. He's going to cover the ground that they basically lost Tejon Buchanan covering. Uh, that's it's a diff, in a different spot, but I think that Latif in this league is legit, legit. Um, so I'm 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 looking for them to make some some steps forward. I am not very optimistic for this team based on the, the roster buildup at this moment. Yeah, um, Andres, I'm interested in hearing from you. What are you looking at when you look at um, th- this New England team, especially when we talk about you know not being a ton of roster you know changes, a, a lot of what we're going to see from last year carrying through? What do you think about this team? So this is the opposite of, of the Charlotte story for me, whereas I thought Charlotte was you know, going to fade away as the season went on. I thought at some point New England was going to, you know, really take off. Um, and it never it never happened. Uh, you kept waiting for it and waiting for it. And it just, you know, by the last month of the season, it just seemed like they, they just didn't quite have it or put it together. And some of that, they had a lot of roster turn- turnover. We talked about Matt Turner and Tejon. Um, and they had uh, some injuries with Gustavo uh, Bo being out for a while and heel was on and off healthy and not healthy last year. Uh, you would think they should be more settled. Uh, they aren't selling a bunch of their top players this year. Uh, the guys that they brought in have had a year to settle. I think it's crazy when you think back 16 months, this team was setting a points record. It's pretty much uh, the same roster from then without the, the, the two names that we mentioned. This should be a playoff team based on talent. Um, I think Latif is a is a good addition, uh, as Matt said. Um, Romney brings them maybe not the the highest ceiling center back, but another MLS veteran uh, who knows the league, who can play center back. I think it's a team that maybe isn't a seventy three point team. I think we all thought that was kind of a lightning in a bottle type season. But there's no reason why this isn't a top six team in the East. Um, and if Bowen and Heal, who are now 
30 and 32. If they can stay healthy and if Veroni and Barrero give them anything, uh, that's what I expect from them. Uh, a clear playoff team and challenging for a home game. Okay. Yeah, I'm a little lower than you are. I think Andre's maybe more towards Matt. But like I I can see it because we know how good these players are. Like Carlos Hill can still make magic. He did it last year and I think really for them we're we're talking about Petrovic who as a keeper, you know, was putting up similar things to what Matt Turner was doing. Um Matt Turner got the move to Arsenal. Matt Turner is this amazing keeper and he hundred percent is. Petrovic was almost as amazing in his very short time with New England. So if he stays that consistent, watch out. We we always say, how good can your keeper be? That can depend. That that can decide the ceiling and the floor of your team. And I think New England has one of the best in the league. So that that could be absolutely crucial for them as they try and get back to the playoffs. We can keep moving on. We we can move it on. Um, can I toss one more thing yeah, in, go ahead. in for the Revs? Um, yeah, go ahead. Again, going back to last week, I know that we had some folks in the scuffed Discord ask about players to watch for the national team who are the, the kids coming up that can make that breakthrough. And there are two on this uh, New England team that I think I've seen quite a bit of reporting could make that stride. And that's uh, es- Esmir Bajraktarovic. Apologies if that's incorrect. Uh, and Noel Buck. Apologies if that's incorrect. Uh, both of those two have been very, very highly rated as prospects coming up. So it'll be interesting to see how much playing time they can get breaking through with a, a team that's led by a, a lot of veterans. Yep, and Esmir's had time, I think, with the youth setup in the past. Uh, I think the U17 level. Um, by the way, currently in the U17 World Cup. Shout out to our guy Cruz Medina. Patrick and the job done um, in Central America right now with or not with the U17 World Cup, the U17 CONCACAF Championship. Apologies. Um, so yeah, congratulations to Cruz. Those guys are balling out. Um, but yeah, uh, Esmir, guy who's you know always been rated highly, got some time last year with the first team, which as a 17-year-old, maybe with 16 last year, so tough to do. So um, definitely keep our eyes on him and Buck uh, to try and make that breakthrough uh, in a you know consistent first team minutes. Good point, Matt. Thanks for uh, stopping me and shouting that out. Uh, yeah, we can move on now to Atlanta. It's a pretty quick one. We kind of touched on them a little bit last week, you know, talking about Joseph's move and things of that nature. I, I just think for Atlanta, um, the recipe is simple. Get Miles Robinson back, stabilize that defense that was at times all over the place last year, and from someone, find some goals. It seems like that would be through Giorgio's Giacomakis, I think is how you say his name, uh, the Greek that they brought in from Celtic. Uh, in the last few weeks, um, he's going to be the guy, striker up top, big man, get the ball to him and put the ball in the back of the net. He's going to have to be that guy. So, Andres, I'll start with you. What are your key takeaways for this team? And how important do you think uh, Gia Kamakis, I'm, I might butcher that name, um, how important do you think he's going to be for this team moving forward? Yeah, super important. Um, I think... Uh... We, we touched on it a little bit last week when we talked about Largaway and the immediate impact to the roster that he's made, basically clearing house of everybody that doesn't fit um, and bringing in pieces that he, he thinks do fit. And it's clear that obviously after Joseph leaving, there was a huge gaping hole at the nine. Uh, Dom Dwyer was the backup there last year. He's also gone. So uh, Jacob Chiapakamakis, you guys know how to say Chiapakamakis? I don't know. I, I, I've got I to gotta read it again. But Georgios. 
<laughs> Georgios from from Celtic, the Greek uh, center back, center striker from Celtic. He's clearly going to play. He's going to walk into that nine position. He's going to be their their target man. And he's got Thiago Almada and Luis Araujo, you know, feeding him the ball. Um, those two players are absolutely key that they that they don't stop the ball and that they can get it forward and get it to him in, um, in the box. Um, and if they can do that, this should be a, a really potent attack. And it's on him to, to finish his chances. That's what that's what he's there for. So I think you're right. Miles Robinson coming back is is absolutely crucial. Uh, just because he's such a top-level center back if he's healthy and playing. Um, and, and that attack going forward um, should be better without the distraction of the will-he-won't-he-Joseph situation, unfortunately. Um, and with, uh, with Giorgio's coming in uh, to, to solidify that role. So I think there's some work to be done, as we mentioned last week, still with Atlanta. Uh, the roster rebuild and revamp isn't done, uh, but that attack should be good going forward, uh, at, least, uh, at least from those front three. They've also made some signings on the on the back end too to really bolster that back line and get them to the point where Miles Robinson can come back in. Uh, Luis Abram, uh, they brought in from Granada. Uh, he is a Peruvian international defender. This this should be a significantly better team than it was last year, and they they're filling in some depth pieces with Derek Etienne coming in. There's a lot to be really excited about in this Atlanta team. Um, Obviously, yeah, y- y'all are right. The the Giacomacus, um signing is is certainly the headline, but they're starting to make some of those underlyings or underlying signings that I uh, <laughs> again we talked a little bit about it, about it last week. This team has been so wasteful over the last couple of years with where they're making investments. I think that they're starting to be a little bit smarter with how they're using that. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll see a return to, to form from this team because that fan base absolutely deserves it. They support, they, they do everything the way that it should be done. Uh, and now it's just on the team to make sure that it's, they get the tweaking of the little stuff, right? Um, it, the, the big thing is the East is just so strong. So, <laughs> Only seven or nine teams can get in, depending on how what actually comes with the that uh, athletic reporting. It's it's just going to be so condensed that it's it all comes down to who actually shows up day to day. Yeah, uh, and you know, before we move on, shout out Ozzy Alonso, thirty seven years old, still doing it. He'll be back after suffering a season ending injury last year, very early on, like four games in. Uh, always fun to watch Ozzy doing it, um, even at his advanced age, showing us that even the old among us can still do great things. Uh, so we'll see what Atlanta can do last year, the 11, uh, 11th seed in the East, um, 40 points and they, they were eight points out of a playoff spot. It was pretty clear as we got towards the end of the season that they weren't really even in contention the, the final couple weeks, which got a sting for that fan base. Um, not even, you know, after all those great years, not even really be contending for a playoff spot at the end of the season kind of has to stink. Um, we can move on. A couple teams left to go in the East, and we might call it a day then, especially you know, t- coming up short on time. Chicago Fire, a uh, team that lost Gagas Lonina, a uh, team that lost uh, John Duran, 
uh, both to England, John Duran going to Aston Villa, Gaga, we always knew that move, going to Chelsea. I, I am really interested to see what this team can be. I just think up top, I love Shabilko, Fabian Herbers, I just and Shakiri and Jairo Torres, you know, guys that they brought in last year, the guys that we've seen play in the system. I just don't really think it's going to be enough again, which I hate to say. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, Matt, I'll start with you. Yeah, I, I've been talking about how the East is stacked and how I can see, you know, just about every team making the playoffs. Uh, that's not the case with Chicago, which is really, really sad to say. Um, this this team should be so much better than what it has been based on the individual talent of some of the players, and it just has never gotten to that level. Uh, I, I think... Unless we see Shakiri being who we thought he was going to be last year, I'm really, really concerned. Um, John Duran was down the stretch one of their only goal threats, really. I mean, Shvilko, I'm, I'm trying to pull up the the stats from last season, uh, did not have a great season. Uh, five goals, one assist. That's, a, a at one point in time, designated player signing. That's just not good enough. Um, I know that Chicago is still chasing a center forward. I believe it was one of the uh, Korean international strikers who um, I believe is playing in Germany at the moment. Uh, so maybe there's something there. Uh, but uh, this team just does not get me going. Uh, Jairo Torres is legit. He's a good player. I think that he's probably not going to be too long for the league, especially if Chicago can't start making some pretty big strides. Um, so I'm. This is just one of those teams that just does not get me going, unfortunately. No, I love Ezra. I I love him as a coach. Gives you know good quotes, the whole thing. But man, we talk about a team that you know historically in this league was one of those teams that you look up to, um, and but a team that you lose your two great young pieces. And you don't replace them with anyone. You, you, the one big signing that they made was Arnaud. I think you say his last name is okay, um, from France, Montpellier. But he's 31 years old. He's an outside defender, right? We're not talking about a signing that's going to light the world on fire. He's their one, one big signing of the offseason. And then that's after you know losing someone, John Duran, who was the exciting player on this team last year, along with, you know, we knew that Gaga was so good, but John Duran was the one that came in showed his worth with scoring goals and, 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 you know, creating highlight reel plays. He's out the door along with Gaga, Johnny Bornstein as well. Stanislav Ivan, Ivanovic, I believe, Ivanov, I'm sorry. Um, Boris Sekulich out the door as well, right? Players that, you know, were their bread and butter last year, gone, and basically no one to replace them. And that, and that has to really sting if you're a Chicago fan. Um, Andres, is it that same thing that we've been saying, in your opinion? Is it that a team that could be better isn't making those moves and is going to struggle because of it. I think what your hope is you take all that money from from the Yonderan and the Gaga Slonina uh, sales, uh, you reinvest that into um, signings, either coming either young players from South America or young Europeans, uh, some of that money into the academy, and you try to repeat that process. Um, selling two players for that amount of money, I think one is 18 plus four, the other one I think is 15. Um, that's a good step, right? That's a good first step as a club. 
Um, but the roster currently, as it stands, leaves uh, a lot to be desired. Um, they have a couple bright pieces. I think Brian Gutierrez uh, was good for for pieces of the of the season. Um, Slonina is going to be replaced by Chris Brady, um, young goalkeeper with a lot of promise, not a lot of experience. Um, but you know, some of the veteran guys, the the Gaston Jimenez, uh, the Navarros. The the Shabilkos, uh, these are guys that have experience. They're complementary pieces. Chris Mueller, complementary piece. You know, okay players, but not really any breakout star. Uh, it's going to be a tough road to hoe for for now. And I think, um, yeah, you're you're a fire. You're looking for more moves to keep that pipeline going, uh, and hopefully bring in some young talent at some point, maybe in the summer. Uh, but not looking, not looking real good right now, at least. Yep, agreed, agreed, agreed. Uh, we'll see what they can do, but we've seen it often. Sometimes these MLS teams make the uh, the big outgoing transfer, don't necessarily turn that money into big moves. It's there for Chicago. They just have to be willing to spend the money, um, and we'll see what they can do. As of now, unfortunately, probably the first team I can confidently say will not make the playoffs. Like like high, high likelihood at this point in time that they are not a playoff team. We'll move into the final two teams uh, in the conference. Uh, last year finished 13 and 14. One I am excited about, one I am not. Uh, Toronto, a team I am excited about. Um, a team that has two Italian internationals, or at least former Italian internationals on their team. Matt, I'll start with you. What do you think this Toronto team can be? And do you think they can be better? And I think the answer is absolutely yes than the 13th seed in the Eastern Conference. I'm not so sure. Like, I, I hate to be the wet blanket on the on the pod, but uh, this team is thin, thin. Um, they, you're absolutely correct. They have the headline talent. But, yeah, I, I think two weeks ago, they didn't have a back four to start. They didn't have, I think, a single left back on the team until they signed, uh, oh gosh, the uh, in his prime Italian, uh, which, you know, as, uh, as Toronto does. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. Um, and then they're, they're starting to, to make some moves. Jaden Nelson went to uh, Rosenborg in, I believe, Sweden. Uh, and it's, there's just a lot that really gives me pause about, about this Toronto FC team. Uh, the the positives are that headline talent, Sean Johnson is one of the marquee signings of the offseason because goalkeeping last season for Toronto was awful. A- Alex Bono, Quinton Westberg had really, really poor years. And we know what Sean John can be in this league. Um, but can... The the back line, uh, you know, they brought in Matt Hedges, who is very, very good in a system. One-on-one is not going to be, you know, perfect. And then so we're talking about who is preventing uh, players from running directly at Matt Hedges. Is it still Michael Bradley? Like, there's, there's just, a, I have more questions than I have answers about this Toronto FC team right now, and that's, that's unfortunate, especially considering the level of investment and support that they've, they've been given. Um, hopefully, Jaquil Marshall-Ruddy will have a, a good year, step forward, and, and show on, 
all the talent because it, it sounds like he's you know the be- next big Toronto prospect. But uh, I'm just I I don't have a ton of faith in this Toronto team right now, which is it's a bummer. What do you what do you guys think? Yeah, I'll I'll be a bit more positive. I think with that attacking talent, they showed it at times um, a, a few moments that I don't think you know every player in this league could produce. Uh, and Cena and Bernadeski, uh, where they were pretty exciting to watch. Jesus Jimenez, we'll see. Io Akinola, we're still really waiting for him to break out. Um, if this can be his year, that'll be great for Canada and great for Toronto, obviously. Um, I, I think your point in the back is well taken, and obviously Michael Bradley isn't any younger. He's 35 now. Uh, I, I think getting Petretta in is big. You have Richie Larea who can play both sides, um, and, and that that's that's big that he came back um, from Nottingham Forest. And, and then at the end, you know, in the middle, you have Matt Hedges, you know, new signing. You have Shane O'Neill, who was there last year and played some significant minutes. You have Lucas, Lucas McNaughton, who was there as well. I think it, it will really come down to, can those guys hold up? Can Sean John be Sean John? If that's that all kind of comes to pass, then this team, I think, will be absolutely fine. But I think if it starts to break down in one place, we can start to see it break down in other places. I think also one other interesting story before I throw it to you, Andres. Victor Vasquez uh, comes to Toronto. Adama Diamande back from Norway. Two guys who were with Bob in L.A. Uh, or sorry, not not or sorry, not with Bob in L.A. Diamande was with Bob in L.A. Victor Vasquez back at the club after, you know, those years with the Galaxy um, after he had uh, been that been that guy for Toronto in the past. So those are two interesting storylines, but I don't think either are going to play massive roles. Um, just two interesting things to touch on. Andres, what are you looking at when you look at this Toronto team? Um, do you side with me or Matt, I think, is, is really the question. Yeah, I think I'm, a, I'm a kind of on both sides. I think you have to separate maybe what they're setting up for this season, um, which I think is an improved roster um, as to what they're doing as a club overall, which I think is maybe not the direction that that you'd want them to be going. So in terms of this season, I think Sean John uh, and Matt Hedges, those are two very experienced MLS players. Sean John's still probably a top four keeper in the league uh matt hedges uh a little bit up there in age but still last year was pretty good with with dallas um you hope he doesn't really fall off uh this year quite yet you still have uh guys like osorio uh in the midfield uh, along with michael bradley and of course the uh the top end talent bernardeski and, and insigne um getting larea back i think is 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 solid uh, you've brought in uh, another center back from Norway uh, who played at, at uh, Bromby, Orsted, Sigurd, uh, Sigurd Orsted, I think his name is. He, Sigurd Rosted, Rosted, sorry. Um, he's 28. He probably fits into to that back line. So I think overall you're looking at a team that is a little bit more solid than they were last year. I thought they were pretty exposed um, in the back line. Um, but I think... On the other hand, selling uh, Ralph Preso early last year, getting rid of Petrasso, uh, Schaffelberg, um, then you're looking at this year, Jaden Nelson getting sold. Um, that's a lot of the young talent that they were hoping would would build the backbone of the team going forward uh, that they've cut on pretty early. 
Um, Marshall Ruddy is their big hope, I think, left. Hopefully they don't cut bait on him early as well. Uh, but you wonder, you know, what's what's in it even medium term? I really appreciate you uh, remembering the Roasted signing. Uh, I think that that will be very, very helpful for TFC. And I'm also going to, you know, toss in my, my TSS uh, very specific prediction. Uh, and so at some point in time, I'm going to try and maneuver in Roasted gets roasted after he gets beaten one-on-one. That'll be uh, something to look forward to this season. So, um, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. Like, I, I just, I feel like I have more questions than answers right now about Toronto's approach to how they want to run their club. And uh, you were talking about like the, that age of players that they're signing. And that's, I think where my biggest concern is. No, absolutely. I think the age is the problem. If they can get over the fact that some of these guys might not be able to play every single minute of every single every single game, um, they'll be all right. But, you know, again, if one of those dominoes starts to fall, you know, if Matt Hedges goes down, if Michael Bradley goes down, um, you, you know, anywhere, if Insignia or Bernadeschi, for that matter, goes down, they could be in trouble. Um, we'll see. This team, I think, has a very, very high variance as we approach the season. Could be a playoff team, could be back where they were last year. 13th seed last year, not good enough with those players, but I don't know how much better it can get. Um, quick, uh, we have two more. One is a team that I am not very excited about whatsoever. DC United. Uh, Andres, I don't, I don't think, um, I don't think it's too much of a secret that none of us are that high on DC United. Do you think they can be better than they are than they were last year as the worst team in the East? I believe the worst team uh, in the league as a whole. How much better do you think it can get? Because I don't think it can get much worse. Yeah, I think it can't be worse, right? I think that's that's number one. So can they be better? Yeah, I think you would expect them to be somewhat better. Um, they brought in a few pieces, um, you know, some Ruan from Orlando, uh, very, very talented right back with a ton of speed. Uh, Pedro Santos, a former DP, a little bit older now in his mid, you know, 34, mid 30s uh, from from the crew. Um, so a little bit more MLS experience. Uh, you get Funtas in for the full season. Miguel Berry in for, uh, you know, second year. Hopefully he finds some of that scoring form he had a couple years ago in Columbus. We'll see what, what they get out of Benteke and... Ravel Morrison, I'm not sure if he's going to be back or not. But, you know, one of those teams where, uh, yeah, it's hard to be super high on them. I think you have to see some of the pieces come in. Hopefully they get settled with, with Rooney. Um, but I still have the question of how long Rooney's going to be there. So overall, eh, hard to be excited. Hopefully it's somewhat better uh, considering how much history there is there. Um, it's a relatively new stadium. But it's hard to be real excited. Hopefully, it's at least more respectable. And yeah, Matt, I'll throw it to you. You know, new signings: Mateus Click. Uh, that they, they sign. Yeah, you mentioned Pedro Santos. Two new goalkeepers in, and Bono and Tyler Miller. Um, I I just don't see it from this team, Matt. What do you see? I think it's going to be better at very least because I think Rooney is is a better manager than they've had. Um, now, and, but. Andres is 100% right. Like, I just don't see them being able to keep him for a ton of time. And when you're talking about a ton of 
pretty solid signings across the league. Where where do you go ahead and get that that um, through line through if Rooney happens to to take a Premier League job or something like that? There's just there's some questions there. Uh, big impact for me is Tyler Miller coming in in goal. This was another team that was really really poor in goal. Uh, Bill Hamid was hurt. Uh, David Ochoa got a little bit of time, but was not great. Uh, and then oh. Romo, uh, I forget his first name, was actively detrimental, uh, all respect in the world, but would, just did not really make it, or he couldn't cut it in this league. Um, so I think Tyler Miller is going to be your starting goalkeeper. I think that that's an actual starting goalkeeper in Major League Soccer. Uh, I'm interested to see what Click brings. That's, I don't know, it's, I'm, I'm going to watch DC much like one would watch a car crash, because I think that It'll be interesting, but somewhere deep down, something's going to feel very wrong about it. Um, but it'll be fun at least. So, yeah, it's kind of that, that old Cincinnati. Hmm? Uh, sorry, I said they signed the pieces to make it fun. I'm not sure they signed the pieces that will help them win that many more games. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shout out to all the DC fans who have suffered through. Hopefully this year is better. Um Hope springs eternal. Uh, we'll finish with Nashville, uh, a team that was in the East, was gone for a year, uh, and now we welcome them back, akin to, you know, when, you know, you have a friend that leaves your friend group, and, they, and then they come, they stay away, now they're back, you know, uh, Nashville's back in the East. Um, probably to the detriment of most of the teams, because I think they are better than the majority of teams in the East. Uh, Quickly, Andres, uh, and we can head out of here. Thoughts on Nashville, a team that was good last year, uh, was the fifth seed in the West. How good they, How good do you think they, they can do coming back to their old friends in the East? They should be good. Uh, they, they should be good because they've got one of the best players in the league. Um, although, backing up the type of season that he had last year, and we're talking about Hani Mukhtar here, will be, will be difficult. Um, and you're still waiting for that striker who's going to help him. Um, Ake Loba is gone, um, scoring in Mexico uh, after not scoring in MLS for two years. Um, you know, you've brought in a couple of pieces, Fafa Pico, um, Schaffelberg is, is back again. He helped surprisingly because um, I, I wasn't that high on him, but he was, he was good for them. They bring back the majority of that team. Some of that, of how good they can be, is going to rely on if Anibal Godoy is healthy and playing um, and what they still can get out of Dax. So I'm not super high on them because I think they still need a forward uh, to take the load off of Hani and that central midfield is getting a little older. Um, but I think they're good enough in the right places uh, being Hani being Walker Zimmerman, um, that they should be a playoff team, uh, which, I, like you mentioned, I think is to the detriment of the East uh, because I think they're going to be significantly better than St. Louis, for example, who, who takes their place in the West. Uh, so not a whole lot of turnover in, in big pieces, I think, to the frustration of Nashville fans, but they should, they should still be pretty good um, in, in that playoff picture. Absolutely. Thanks, Andres. Uh, Matt, again, thoughts on uh, Nashville, a team that, like Andres mentioned, not much turnover, but at, you know, their, their, their floor is probably one of the higher floors in the East. Um, 
how high do you think their ceiling is? I I don't necessarily agree. And this, I, I get to be the, again, I get to be the wet blanket. Uh, I'm really concerned about Nashville, truth be told. Uh, going back to a conference with a lot of teams who are either rebuilding into something stronger or they're just not going to have some of the, the tomato cans they could knock through from the West last season. Um, I'm, I'm really, really concerned. Uh, the big one is definitely who is actually going to give support to Hani. Uh, Cause Hani is MVP. Like he is the guy. Um, is Fafa Pico going to reliably put the ball in the back of the net? I, I, I don't think so. Uh, is, you know, are, are Dax McCarty, Annabelle Godoy, Sean Davis, these, these players, you know, hitting their early 30s to mid 30s going to be reliably healthy? I'm concerned. They, they lost Dave Romney, so you're asking Jack Maher to go ahead and step up into that starting role. And, and this is somebody who, by all accounts, is a very, very solid prospect. But is he 100% ready for MLS? to be a starter the entire season, I'm a little bit concerned. I, I'm just, this is the first time that I'm starting to see this team and say, okay, I don't just trust all the pieces here. I need you to actually show me and prove it. And it, I think that Nashville will absolutely take that challenge well, but I'm just, I'm, I'm more concerned than I have been about this team in any previous season. Yeah. I, I fall somewhere in the middle between you guys. I think my thoughts are essentially this. They didn't do anything to make it that Hani has to be, like doesn't have to be 100% their end-all, be-all, all their offense, all their goals, right? They didn't make a move that changed that. And so once again, you ask on Hani Mutar to be something that is almost unsustainable across all sports, which is the best player in the league. You basically ask him to be that again for this team to be as good as they are last year. And if Hani can do that for basically the third year running, right? Great for them. And if he can't, then this team is going to, this team's going to struggle because they don't have goals coming from other places. They don't have a player of Hani's quality. So just to, to kind of close out my thoughts on, on Nashville, uh, Hani Mukhtar was their top scorer with 23 goals last season. Do y'all know how many goals the next, next highest on the team had? Five. Five. Oh, wow. That was a complete guess. It's, I'm concerned. I just, I need to see some support for Hani quickly. Yeah, yeah 100%. I, and that has always been the thing. Again, it doesn't happen. It seems like it's a ticking time bomb. I think that they'll survive and I think they'll make the playoffs, but I'm not sure if they're going to go far in the playoffs. They need more. And so far, they haven't gotten it. Um, I'm sure we'll talk to Tim Sullivan, our guy from uh, the Club and Country podcast, Nashville Insider. I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll touch base with him sometime soon uh, and get his thoughts on his team. But until then, it's a bit of a question mark for Nashville, uh, as it for many of the teams that we touched on today, a bit of a question mark. Uh, that's all for this week. We touched on our East. We've, we finished up uh, one half of this league, and we'll start on the next half uh, next week, including the newest team in MLS, St. Louis City SC. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Andres. Thank you, Matt, so much. Thank you, listeners. Uh, listeners, if you have any questions, any comments, we urge you to join the MLS Bench Discord, comment on Twitter, like, retweet, all those normal podcast things. 
uh, because we really want to grow and we really appreciate your support and all your insight. So thank you so much for listening. Until next week, enjoy life. Enjoy the beautiful game. We'll see you then. And MLS is now only two weeks from being back.